Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hi everyone and welcome to No Dumb Questions with Mel. From those random shower thoughts, that personal question you buried deep, to those random in-between moments you do a double take for. We're going to explore all of that in this show. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode. Today, the question we'll be exploring is how much do you tip at restaurants and overall dining out etiquette? Also, I'm going to be joined by a very special guest and a very close friend of mine. But before we get started with that topic, let's kick everything off with my what did I Google this past week segment. Okay, so it always kind of jogs my memory and surprises me at the same time when I look back at my Google history. Because it really is kind of like a timeline of like where I am mentally. Um, And the last thing I Googled was feeling restless. This is a feeling I don't get a lot, actually. Um, And there's a couple of things with, you know, why I Google this. I've been noticing a couple of changes in my behavior. One, I've been feeling more anxious. And it's a different type of anxiousness. It Again, it's the restlessness feeling. Before, my anxiousness or my stress is usually due to... um, just feeling like distress and needing to decompress and relax. But another thing, my behavior that I notice is that, again, I usually love to unwind and have some solo time watching my shows, reading, whatever. But I feel myself getting a little bit antsy and I never feel this way. Like I can't watch K-dramas anymore or like it's not I, I still watch them, but I find myself kind of taking a longer time to focus or like when I read the subtitles it feels like a lot of work mentally so I've been resorting to watching more like sitcoms or like friends or shows that I'm familiar with I just put on the background so I don't know it's just such a it's a new behavior that I haven't really encountered in a while and obviously I did some reflecting like why am I feeling restless and to be honest I just think like you know with personal life and ABG there are just so many things we're juggling that I don't know I just feel like I'm the type of person where I'm so planned out and I'm like, I love everything to run smoothly that I'm just so afraid for things to fall through the cracks. And one thing I notice is that when we're really busy with work and ABG has like multiple projects going on, like one detail gets missed. One thing gets like, like I just, it just slips through the cracks sometimes. And in a typical work setting, it's like, okay, totally understandable. Like it's fine. For me, I the odd thing is that I feel okay if like, let's say someone on my team like forgets something or whatever. I'm definitely more like forgiving. But when it's my with when it's me who forgets something, I am so hard on myself. And I just feel lately like I feel extra like quote unquote on just to make sure I don't f- let anything fall through the cracks. And to be honest, it's been 
a little exhausting, but I don't know how to turn that part of me off. And I was talking to my roommate about it, and Darlene's like, whoa, Mel, I've never, like, heard you feel this way before. And I go, I know, it's just so different. And I was talking to Janet, and Janet goes, well, she said two things to me. She's like, well, I think, Mel, it's, like, so natural in what we do that we're juggling so much that things are going to fall through the cracks. It's okay. It's like every time it falls through the cracks, it's us. We're learning for the next time to, like, improve our process. And it's funny because funny I mentally know that, but maybe it's my perfectionist side. I just I hate it. Like, I hate when things fall through the cracks. It makes me feel incompetent, you know, just like, I don't know. And they both suggested that like, hey, Mel, you haven't been on a solo trip in a while. I mean, that's something you need right now. And I don't know if a solo trip with me relaxing is what I actually need mentally. I'm still figuring out exactly what I need. I think one part of it is me needing to let go of every of having everything be perfect and run the way I want it to. I think the second thing is like, I, I think I'm going to have to explore different hobbies of mine, like... I am at also at a point in my life and that I'm like thinking a little bit of like creativity and inspiration. So I was talking to my, my other friends about it. They're like, hey, maybe that's why you also feel restless. Like you're seeking that personal thing for yourself. And I and I was like, yeah, maybe. So these are just some things on the top of my head. Obviously, still work in progress, but wanted to share what I Googled this past week. Today, we're going to talk about dining out and social etiquettes when going out. I feel like a lot of first dates revolve around eating a meal, and there may be some judgments involved in how they eat, how much they tip, and honestly, I feel like I also kind of like, I don't say judge, but I am aware when I go with my group of friends, you know, their dining etiquette as well. And when I think about which one of my friends have been on a variety of dinner dates and with all different types of people and has the best stories, I think of my really good friend, Tim Huang. So with that, let's please welcome Tim to my mini show. Hi, Tim. Uh, hey, Melody. Thank you for having me. So glad to be here. Of course. Um, Tim actually has been on our main show, ABG, I think for two episodes, talking about 20 versus 30s, being a man. And like that's, that was a really good episode for us. So excited to have you on. I always say this, but Tim is one of my friends that I feel like, I don't want to put this pressure on you, Tim, but you're like one of the funniest people I know. Oh my gosh. Well, that is a lot of pressure. Um, I think I just like to live life very freely and see where it takes me yeah and that ends up uh, providing a lot of fun stories that i think yeah are very humorous in nature i agree and one thing i'll say is um tim is actually personally i think you're very extroverted and you do like to take advantage of your weeknights and weekends and you have a pretty large diverse social group so i thought this would be a really fun um, episode to do with you so we're just gonna dive right into it when you're having dinner with someone what's the first thing you in terms of etiquette notice when the people you're having dinner with um, maybe we'll just go from like start to finish. Let's go. Um, I think first component is making sure that, Hey, the group is there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if, you know, people are coming at different times and I see people getting agitated, uh, and trying to maybe jump the gun, mm-hmm. I find that a little odd. You know, it's almost like, Hey, we're here for a group event. We want everyone to be here. Um, and the second thing is, especially in this day and age, people love eating together, taking mm-hmm. pictures, that almost that social aspect. Yeah. But I think there's an assumption of like, does everyone actually want to do family style of eating Mm. or do they want to order their own things? And if that's not really talked about, sometimes I feel like it puts a little bit of awkwardness for some or maybe they just feel like it's a little bit unfair. And, you know, maybe this is a weird etiquette thing to say, but just I notice when people eat with their mouth open. I mean, honestly, (laughs) I feel like everyone notices that. I hear it, especially with the mouth open thing. Um, I think you bring up a good point about like the sharing, like the family style. It's always awkward. Like, I feel like there's always someone goes, you want to do family style? And it's always like a awkward pause. 
And then someone goes, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? Um, I think for me, one thing I notice is, I don't know this is weird, but like, I notice when someone sits down and they, if, whether they put their napkin on their lap or not. And I think when I was really young, I think someone in my family was like teaching me like dining etiquette and like always put your napkin down. And so I always pay attention to that weird thing. I also pay attention to, uh, this is really random, but like, you know, when you get water yeah, and someone asks for, they're like, oh, do you want tap or sparkling? When they ask for sparkling, I'm just like, damn, you fancy, huh? Because <laughs> I feel like no one really asks for sparkling water at a restaurant or do we? Uh, I mean, I think it depends on who you're with. That's true. I think there's an, a third option there, which is it could be tap, still, or sparkling. Oh, I do and tap. And sometimes the still water can also be bottled water, which also could be fancy and a little more expensive. That's true. I think because for me, I always go for tap. Same. I'm I don't like, know if it's because we live in California. Oh. I love tap water. I It probably comes from a hose from many places. And I just think for some reason, <laughs> it tastes delicious. I literally thought you said it comes from hose. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, if they're the ones delivering it, I can't be the judge. <laughs> but another thing you brought up, we were like kind of talking about this offline, but like the group dinner thing, I feel like another thing I noticed, and this is like, we're talking about like, you know, we've been eating out together with our friends for like almost like 10 years now. And I remember a time when like, when I first met you, I was definitely in like a... Early on in my career where I wasn't making that much money. And I remember we went out to this big like dinner event. And I remember we went, it was like kind of fancy. And I was like, oh shit. Like, I think you guys brought up family style. And I, and I was like, can I afford this? So how do you navigate this weird like, can I afford these things kind of conversation? And they were like, oh, let's do wine bottles. I'm just like, I looked at my friend who also was in the same boat as me. And I was like, we're new to the group. I don't know how to feel. And like, can we even afford even the wine? Can we afford the appetizers? <laughs> I actually do know this story. Basically, we were in Las Vegas celebrating yeah. our friend's birthday. Um, I think a lot around kind of like, where does the responsibility come from of aligning mm. on are we splitting it? What's the expectation going into the dinner? And sometimes it's not explicit, right? Yeah. Sometimes you don't talk about it ahead of time. I think where I like to almost encourage people to think about their own kind of preferences is like, mm. don't be afraid to voice that. Yeah. If you, from a food preference perspective, don't want to share the same menu as everyone else. Um, like for me, I don't really eat a lot of dairy. So if mm. we're at an Italian restaurant and we're ordering pizza oh, that's and spaghetti true. That's good point, yeah. and, you know, with cheese on top, like I'm not really going to be able to enjoy it, right? That's true. So there's the food preference component. Then the second part is the financial component, which you, you mm-hmm. brought up. And I think if it's, really clear that, you know, either you can't afford it or, hey, in this day and age, people are saving up for different things yeah. and they don't want to necessarily spend a ton of money on a meal. I think they should trust their company and their friends that they will accept the fact that they're saying, hey, I'd like to kind of like order my own thing. Yeah. Um, if that's okay, don't include me in kind of mm-hmm. your plan. I think it's hard to, because like now, fast forward now, where I'm like financially more comfortable and to like afford these like meals and stuff. I, two things. I feel like if you're that person that maybe can't pitch in or like split it amongst the group, I think it's just like your extra responsibility to like, hey, I'll, I'll ask for a separate bill or I'll like do the extra work to make it easier on people. Yeah. Kind of. I don't know. I just feel like a little, as a planner, like it does add another layer of planning, whether it's like one, you can't, you want to pay for the bill yourself or two, like maybe you have dietary restrictions. Another question for you is like, is there a certain eating or dining habit that really annoys you or bothers you? Yeah, for me, it's probably more of a dining habit. And it's actually when people are extremely rude um, to the service or wait staff. Mm. Um, I think even though clearly they are there to, you know, make your dinner happen and serve you, I don't think that you should think of them any differently than, you know, anyone else that's in the restaurant. Yeah, for sure. Um, And unfortunately, I've seen some people maybe like both explicitly or even subtly be Mm -hmm. kind of putting the wait staff at a different level of a, just a human being. 
And to me, that's just unnecessary, uncalled for. And quite frankly, I think speaks a lot to someone's character if they continue to do that. Who, who would do this? I feel like none of our friends ever act that way. I have definitely been on kind of professional work mm-hmm. dinners where, you know, either clients or even coworkers have kind of acted very pompously saying like, oh, almost like serve me, do my bidding, right? Ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think in other cases, I've had even dates kind of just be very dismissive. No way. And again, like, especially if it's early on, I'm getting to know this person. To me, that's a big turnoff. And not not only just from a, a oh, dining perspective, yeah, yeah. but from, from a, hey, would I want this person to be my partner perspective? Wait, who did this? <laughs> we, I'm like... We don't name names. Okay. But, um, you know, I, I think if I can remember in the moment, I kind of made a comment on like, oh, like maybe we should be a little, you know, kinder, thoughtful mm. to our waiter. They're obviously going to be the ones bringing us our drinks and our food. Yeah. And I think the excuse was kind of like, oh, well, that's their job. Oh. Right? And I, again, I think that speaks more to like how someone thinks about the variety of roles yeah, that yeah. people do as part of their career. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm not with that person anyway. So I guess that might've been one of the reasons why. We have a question. So like, I, I don't want to like typecast these type of people who are rude to like service people, but do you notice like a commonality with people who are rude or no? Um, I mean, I think it comes back down to a root of how entitled they feel, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Have they reached a social status or some type of you know monetary value status that they think like hey these other people who are working in the service industry are below me yeah and and i think for me and for you we, we've both done retail type jobs yeah worked in food service and things like that so we probably have a more direct appreciation like we've been in those shoes right? yeah but i think for anyone who hasn't done it i don't think you understand like how hard it is to be in those roles oh yeah you have to remember a lot of things on the fly Mm -hmm. you're on your feet a lot Mm -hmm. you're doing a lot of physical and mental calculation at the same time yeah it's a lot of work it is it is oh man you're like bringing back memories i actually worked at a restaurant as a hostess for four to five years oh wow and this is like i don't know relate to like dining or eating habit but i think when i used to work at a restaurant one of my like pet peeves i worked at a chinese restaurant and i get like we had different types of people that walked in our doors and all this stuff but like one thing i used to be kind of like gave me a little bit of ick was when people were like can i get the teriyaki sauce and i was like this is a chinese restaurant we don't have teriyaki sauce here <laughs> so i think sometimes it's just more like not aware like not culturally aware of the things that we offer and i'm just like it's just like a little bit of that but you know you just have to like whatever i get it it's fine a weird dining habit that I've always noticed is like, for example, let's say we're like family style. I always notice if someone takes the last bite or piece of something without offering. Ooh. That's like a big no-no for me. Wow. Because I think it's always like, even let's say I'm eyeing the last dumpling or I'm eyeing the last shrimp, you need to ask like, hey, does anyone want this before you take it? Yeah. So if someone takes it, I'd be like, what the hell? That's like the classic Asian conundrum, right? Asian American, mm. especially conundrum, where we've kind of been taught not to take that last piece. Oh yeah, and, and someone has to, right? Yeah. So yeah, wow. Have you so have you come across someone who I'm like takes it and just doesn't even look around, doesn't even like check maybe, with the group? Maybe I just I mean I just more like a mental note, like oh you did that. Wow. And I was like oh like I think it's for me it's like a consideration thing, yeah. you know like because i feel like the last piece is always the most prized possession kind of so you're like you're thinking about yourself in that situation yes well whether right or wrong that's been ingrained in us to some degree i'm sure oh yeah there's Um, that 
Okay, well, interestingly though, right? Let's say you order something and there's like three of you. Yeah. There's six pieces. Yeah. And five of them have been taken. And you know that that last piece is yours. Are you going to announce that, hey, I'm taking my last piece? Or are you just going to take it? I think it depends on how full I am. I will say sometimes, like, I think within our friend group, I don't eat quantity as much as some people. So I'm like, oh, just take it. It's fine. Like, I'm not even hungry to begin with. Mm. So... If I'm hungry, I'd be like, hey, this is my piece, right? Yeah, I, I will be a little petty and be like, I didn't count it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, another big no-no, and this is like a funny story, and I'll just like, I won't name names. There was a situation that happened where I, we were, it was three, three of us, I won't name names, as people in our friend group, <laughs> we were eating, and someone took something off my plate without asking me. Oh, wow. And I was kind of like, in the moment, kind of like, what? Because it was only one last item on my plate. And I was like, and then I think sometimes like, it was just kind of like, we're so comfortable. We just kind of like take each other, like take food off, kind of sharing. And like all of us had the same type of food anyway. Like imagine like a panda takeout thing, right? Yeah. But my thing is like, you don't take shit off my plate. I'm very that like, don't take things off my plate without asking me. Like don't eat the last thing without asking. I have a friend who's from LA. Okay. And the way that he eats is he leaves his favorite bite Last. last. Because he wants to savor it. He yes. wants to end the meal. No matter if it's a short lunch yep. or a long dinner, he wants to savor that final bite. And he has this amazing funny story from his younger years where someone ate his final bite and they got in this huge fight about it because that other person didn't understand kind of like, let's say, the meaning of it all. Right? Yeah. And he had to explain it and there's like this big disagreement about it. And in the end, like, of course, it's just a silly fight, but it was just hilarious that the final bite would cause such a, oh, yeah. a big struggle. And, but then my thing is like, how did this person eat the other person's bite of something? I, I don't really take food off anyone's plate because I just think it's weird. Yeah. Um, unless we've talked about it beforehand. Yeah. I've asked, right? But yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever reached across and just grabbed someone's food. I mean, what, what would Joey from Friends do? Well, but that's exactly the thing about the episode when he was like, Joey doesn't share food. Exactly. It's funny because I didn't realize, like maybe like your friend, I didn't realize that bothered me until it happened. Because I it like instantly made me angry. Yeah. But I think it's because I really value food and I love eating. So I'm just like, but you know, it's so stupid. In that moment, I wasn't even like wanting to eat it. But it's just the principle of it. I was like, you need to ask before taking shit off my plate. <laughs> and I get like so mad thinking about it sometimes. Yeah. Because I'm just like, do you not value it as much as I do? Like, I don't know. Just these little things. Are just It's like social etiquette with dining. I'm just like, Ugh. sorry. Well, I think the takeaway there is if you're Mel's friend who remembers taking food off her plate, you might owe Mel a little uh, reparation of uh, a meal. You better give me something off your plate <laughs> sometime. Maybe some sparkling water while you're at it. Maybe, yeah. A little yeah. LaCroix. <laughs> Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. 
And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Okay, so another question I have for you that I still am figuring out the answer to, and I wonder if people do this when they're dining out, but you're dining out at a place and they get the order wrong for you. Do you send the food back? And what is the minimum that needs to happen for you to send the meal back to the kitchen? Ooh, good question. I think this is probably pretty subjective for different people. Yeah. Um, for me, there's no kind of like guarantee criteria other than one, if I've specifically you know, taking an ingredient out because I'm allergic to it. Yeah. Or two, if the food is like just totally cold, right? Yeah. Or completely undercooked to the point where like it's dangerous for me to eat. If there's a little thing here that doesn't quite look like it was supposed to be the way from the, mm-hmm. the photo or the expectation or, you know, hey, like, you know, again, something could be slightly adjusted. Usually I'm pretty cool with it. Mm. I think it also matters how much money you're paying for the meal. That's true. Right? If, if I'm eating at the... uh the local cantina, and I'm ordering like a twelve to fifteen dollar lunch platter. I'm probably more forgiving. Yeah. If I'm eating at a restaurant and paying a hundred to two hundred dollars, yep. then the expectation goes up. I mean, also because I think as you know, if you talk to people who are in you know the culinary arts, mm-hmm. chefs, like they take a lot of pride in their food too. Yeah, right? that's true. So I think they hold themselves to a high standard. You hold them to a higher standard, and hence you pay for that standard. Mm. So I think for me, like those are the two things first, right? Like one yeah. is hey, there's like clearly something that I can't eat in this mm. or two, you know, hey, this is like undercooked or really is like something I can't eat. That's true. Yeah. Oh, I realize I never send food back or I feel really bad. Mm. And I don't even eat at that expensive places. Like two scenarios I always think of. One is most recent and we, Helen, Jan and myself were at like some tea station. Like it's not like it's literally just boba food, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I ordered something that I feel that was like really easy to make, in my opinion. And I, I got like this like seafood ball, squid ball noodle soup. Janet got the same thing too. Mm. And I remember when I got the soup, I took a sip of it and I was like, there's literally zero flavor here. <laughs> and I was like, I'm drinking warm water with yeah. a dash of salt. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, how can you not season this at all? But then I also felt bad because I think Janet thought it was okay. Like she tasted it. She's like, that's fine. But I think because our taste buds are very different. Sure. And I was like, Helen's like, just send it back. And I was like, oh, I feel bad. Like, because Janet's not sending hers back. Mm-hmm. So I, how, how can I send mine back? And then she, Helen's like, just do, just do it. You don't seem happy. So I finally got the person like to get it and they send it back and they added like another powder of like vegetable oil. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, at this point I was like, whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll make it work. Yeah. But another time that, it still makes me so mad thinking about it. I know it's like so dumb. I think this is like post-college. I was like visiting back home. We're eating at a local BJ's. Again, BJ's. It's not like fancy. Yeah. I, I'm i a huge noodle fan. And I got some kind of pasta dish. And when they brought it out, I could literally take the, the my, my fork and slice through the pasta. And it was mush. Mm. Like they totally overcooked it. And I was just so mad. But I couldn't have... I didn't have the courage or guts to be like you need to remake this because <laughs> my whole dish is ruined because you're also waiting for something like so i was like man like i think now nowadays i might have like if you overcook my noodles then you gotta like do it again but it still takes a lot out of me to like send food back 
Because mm. it just feels so bad. Because I feel like any server would be like, fuck you. Yeah. You know? Well, I what I respect is that you are thinking about kind of the whole staff yeah. behind it, right? The waiter, the chef, yeah. cook, what, all that. I think that's important, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, am I being too nitpicky or unreasonable yeah. versus like, you know, hey, this is like, it deserves some attention. Yeah. So I think the fact that you kind of like pause first and feel bad first, it's like a good little like uh, gut check, right? I know, but I always feel bad. And then yeah. eventually, like, I think there's a component of deciding like, hey, is this really matching what was advertised to me? That's true. But yeah, I'm curious, listeners out there, do you guys send your food back? And if so, like, what needs to happen for you to send the food back? For our listeners that can drink alcohol, I'm also curious, do you ever return wine? Like a bottle of wine that opens. If oh. you think it's not very good or it's maybe gone bad. Like I never heard of that one. That's a unique one. So if anyone has any thoughts on that, I'm very interested in yeah. kind of the opinions there. Have you sent have you sent wine back? I personally have not, but my friend who loves wine oh. really appreciates it, has basically we ordered a bottle of wine and they've had it before and they knew that this oh. tasted so off mm. that either there was, you know, a leak in the cork or wasn't stored properly or something. And so they request to send it back. And like when we're talking about wine, like the the magnitude of costs can go up. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So we're not talking about a fifteen dollar enchilada plate. We're talking about like a ninety dollar, hundred dollar yeah. bottle of wine. And I was kind of like frozen in time, like oh my gosh, like we're basically getting two for one. Of course, we didn't drink the bad yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But I felt so bad. But his kind of definition was like, no, the whole purpose of drinking wine, there's a standard, mm. right? You're paying for what you expect from that year that vineyard that's true and if you know that that's not it like why would you pay for that's that that's true it's so funny when you were first talking about alcohol i was like oh you didn't ask about like a mixed drink do you send back a mixed drink <laughs> i was like to be honest no one ever sends back like oh here's your jack daniels and coke oh there's a little light on the jack daniels but you still drink it anyway yes yes please more ice cubes please. yeah if anything like, oh, we're like oh this is so strong oh wait, finish this <laughs> okay in lines with dining um dining you know in i think another big question is like and this might reveal a lot, but like how much do you tip and what determines someone getting a good tip? So I think clearly living in the United States, there are standards to yes. tipping. And I think if I assess the overall, you know, kind of like scenario, like, hey, we're ordering our food, we're mm-hmm. getting our food. The person is like respectful to us. Yep. I'll go for that kind of like standard tip, mm-hmm. right? If someone really goes above and beyond, both from a catering to our needs, maybe there's even a special situation that they helped make happen. Mm-hmm. Um, even if overall, like the food was amazing, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I will go ahead and tip more. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, if someone's extremely rude to us, we don't get what we kind of ordered in terms of like the expected outcome, mm-hmm. then I'm not afraid to kind of lower that tip bar. Yeah. I think the one thing though that's true is I've never completely not tipped Mm -hmm. there's always something there but you know that percentage of the bill might adjust accordingly yeah i'm the same way i feel like usually i always tip a minimum of 18 to 20 percent even if it's like you know like doing the bare minimum i always tip i think it's because i worked in service for so many years i feel like that is just my standard i will say i even tip like a dollar for a cup of coffee to go like i just well it's also because like nowadays when you check out it's like which one do you 15 18 20 i'm like oh I don't want to like spend time like right custom amount da, 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 da. like totally feels awkward. Um, I also feel like this is so random, but whenever I, I always tip on like Uber Eats, the more I tip, the more messed up my order gets. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? But I don't know. Like, I do you judge like say you're on a date and they say they want to cover the bill. Do you purposely see how much they tip to see like oh they're they're like very generous or they're like ooh you know they're stingy. 
I don't purposely look, but if it comes my way where I can see the check, then yeah, I'll take a glance. Have you ever been on a date with someone that didn't tip very well? I, I have actually. Oh. Um, and you know, sh- shout out to the independent ladies that were willing to cover my yeah. meal or cocktail that time. Amazing. Um, yeah, I, I noticed a very low tip and we were actually bouncing around. So we were having like mm. uh, a pre-drink, mm. a light meal, and then another drink. So it's almost like we had different opportunities to tip. Yeah. And there, I would say like kind of like consistent mindset from her after talking about it was like, oh yeah, she's like very critical about how someone delivers. Oh. So, you know, some of the things that we've talked about already around like how they greet you, mm. the the service overall, mm-hmm. how the food was, like we probably have bigger buckets of forgiveness, let's say. Yeah. Right? Before we move to like increasing mm-hmm. a tip or lowering a tip. This person was very particular, basically evaluating every single component and almost would like, let's say, have a meter that goes up and down during the entire experience of where they would tip. And so I didn't, you know, judge them for it, but it was yeah. more like, wow, I've never been that critical, nor do I ever see myself, I guess, being that critical. Yeah, yeah. that's so interesting. I, For me, I there have been times <laughs> where on dates, I don't want to look at the bill and when they start, like, thank you for the men that have paid for my meals. But when they would pay, I know my brain will judge them if they tip really low. So I don't even look sometimes. Oh, because you don't want that to That's cloud like, your yes. perception of them? That would literally take over my brain. Wow. In some way, I'm just like, oh, he tips so low. Because <laughs> I, I think for me, it's all about like the tipping thing. Maybe for, again, worked in service. It kind of, for, it determines your consideration a little bit. Like how mm. considerate are you towards people? Yeah. Like this is still a job. Yeah. Um, if you, have to, you have to fuck up majorly to get a zero tip. Agreed. But, but I'm just like, for like, if you, especially if you're dining in, that's a different experience. And I'm just like, I avoid it. I don't look at it because yeah. I will judge you. You have to put something down. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, I don't okay. Want... I have an interesting story, which I'll, I won't go into a lot of detail. Okay. But maybe for another time. I one time was having dinner on a date in Los Angeles. This is a couple years ago. And the waitress actually spilled a dark drink all over me. Were you wearing white? I was wearing oh, white, actually. Oh, shoot. And to the point where I had to go change and wear a borrowed shirt from their, <gasps> dare to say, their lost and found. Yeah, yeah, Why yeah. does a restaurant have a lost and found? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it kind of like ruined the night a little bit. It was a little embarrassing, too, because everyone was dressed up really nicely. And I was wearing this oversized shirt that wasn't mine. Yeah. And, you know, bill time. Uh-huh. Like, what do I tip them? Yeah. And I, if I can recall correctly... I talked to the manager separately around like, hey, like, can I get kind of some discount or something? Yeah. Or, you know, obviously the situation is kind of awkward. Eventually they actually did like comp some things. Yeah. But for the tip, because she was so apologetic, Mm. it was clear that she didn't do it on purpose. I I feel like I did end up tipping her just like the normal amount. Yeah. Right. But I could see some people being like, hey, you like really messed up here. You spilled a drink on me. Your tip should go down. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I think, again, like a really that's interesting, tough. like tough, subjective scenario. You know what it is, though? I think the fact that the restaurant overall was apologetic and it's like, oh, you know what? I'm so sorry about that. Like, it was a whole yeah. versus like her, like not giving you anything. Like, how do I say this? Yeah. I think that if the restaurant was apologetic, I think that's why you tipped her. I think if they didn't even try to feel bad for you, then be like, then I'd be like, okay, what the heck? Yeah. I think that's fair. That's hard. Yeah. Ooh, I never had that situation like that happen. All right, my last question around tipping is, do you tip for to-go orders or takeout? Yeah, so for me, I think about what goes into what that person is doing as part mm, of that process, I see. Okay. right? So my general rule of thumb is if they're doing something that involves kind of creating and finishing the product, 
then I will tip them. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Yes. When I go get coffee, if I'm ordering like a coffee that involves a barista, like, you mm-hmm. know, creating the foam and putting all the ingredients in and yeah. ultimately constructing that coffee, I'll tip them mm. when I, when I, of course, purchase the coffee. If I'm buying like a muffin that they're just pulling from um. a, a fridge or a, a little shelf and it's mm-hmm. done, then I won't tip them. Mm, I see. Yeah. So you can extrapolate that to like different types of shops and different types of um, food places. But that's usually how I think about it. Mm, That's a good point. So my answer is slightly different because like when I say I worked in service, I worked as a hostess at this restaurant. So my responsibilities was mostly catering and takeout orders. And I always appreciate when they tipped me. Mm. Or because I think sometimes for some people, I'll go above and beyond. Um, So I do tip for to go or takeout. There's this one story that I always remember from my my restaurant days where I think a friend of mine came in. Like, no, it was like a friend's boyfriend. And then I gave them like free. We used at the time we at the restaurant, we had like chocolate dip fortune cookies that people could buy as a box. And I was like, oh, I know you. I'll give it. I'll throw it in for free. He goes, thank you. Didn't tip me anything. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like even <laughs> a dollar. Like I'm not asking for much. So I think everyone has different like, I guess like protocols when it comes to tipping but i am on the t- the tip to, to go side but i know a lot of people actually don't tip for to go because it's just a package order yeah um so it really varies um on the person totally can i just say yeah i love going to countries for on vacation where the tip is just in there you don't have to think I about know, it right and i don't know i guess it, it is definitely a cultural thing a society thing but sometimes it just takes the guesswork out of a lot of things we're talking about. Today. I think it does. Even like the whole, when you go to the like, restaurants, you're like, oh, six people added 20% gratuity. And then always like, do we tip more on top of the gratuity? Like it always becomes a conversation. Absolutely. So anyways, but thank you so much, Tim, for joining me. I feel like you had really good insights. And um, I think now after this combo, we're going to be like very observant on dinner times with our friends now and just out and about. Yes. I'm definitely not going to show you the bill when I'm signing for it so you don't judge me on the tip. Yeah, and I definitely won't order a pizza and pasta and dairy stuff and expect you to split it because I know you can't (laughs) have dairy. So thank you so much for joining me. Uh, If you listen to this episode, let me know in the comments of this Instagram post if you send food back. Like, yeah, we had a lot of questions for y'all on this episode. Let me know. And again, make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. And with that, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye, Bye, everyone. everyone. (laughs) Thanks, Tim. Thank you.